Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Whatever you do, do not let them take the temperature on your forehead when you go into the supermarket. It erases your memory. I went in for mac and cheese and came out with two cases of beer. Broadcasting live from the Booze League headquarters. 16.0 ounces on the dial. The Commish Wiley Withers. Coley Wyman. Sandro Arevalo. This is the Boozecast. Catch up on what you missed online at boozeleague.com and on your mobile device on iHeart or iTunes. All right, let's get it started. In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. Over this past week, I feel like I need a beer. We all do. Like, for real. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm drinking my feelings at this point in time. Just to, like 2020 wasn't bad enough. Suddenly, my favorite industry is taking a turn. Not necessarily one we didn't see coming, but... Um, yeah, I know. I like beer. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so there is that. Um, welcome into Draft 86, everyone. Uh, we appreciate you all coming back. Uh, make sure to follow us on your favorite pod. Whatever you're listening to on right now, just go ahead and follow us. Subscribe. Uh, if you want, leave a rating. Hey, you know, maybe maybe a few comments. Uh, talk about uh, Sandro's. How uh, my voice sounds. Yeah, how awesome Coley sounds. How how swarthy and sexy Sandro must be uh, in person. Um, for those of you who haven't uh, seen him on the Instagram, um, <laughs> anything of that nature. Follow us on Instagram, actually at Booze League, Twitter at Booze League, Facebook.com forward slash Booze League. We gonna we're going to get into some discussions on there, and we want you to be a part of it. Um, and speaking of Sandro, Sandro is missing in action tonight. He had a uh, kids thing to do, which is way more important than drinking beer and talking nonsense on the on the old podcast here. <laughs> but luckily, we do have someone to step in and fill uh, Sancho's 3.75 size shoes. Uh, and we're going to call in from the bullpen. <laughs> Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Filter Gentleman Podcast. Tug Jones. One of our best beer friends forever. Our BBFs. Hey, everybody. Tug Jones. I must say, uh, I can more than fill those 375 shoes. I'm I'm rocking the 16s over here. (laughs) Holy hell, man. (laughs) And what they say is 100% true. I have very big socks. (laughs) Good to know. Um, Welcome in there, Tug Jones. We appreciate you filling in here uh, for Sandro. Actually, fair note, you're going to be on anyways. Um, but I think you scared Sandro off. He's like, I don't know if I can keep up with old Tug Jones. Yeah, those, scared those of feet his are shoe massive. size. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I get it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we got uh, Tug here in the fold, we're going to talk about a little bit what we're doing today. For those of you who are, um, and I can't imagine if you're listening to this, you don't know this, but you should. If you're just jumping in on the IPA train, if you want to know how to get involved, if, if you think they're too bitter and you're more of a Saison kind of gal or guy, maybe you need some advice from Coley. She's going to go over the best IPAs for beginners. Tug Jones comes to the table uh, talking about the beer trends we have going on right now and where they're going. Mm-hmm. I have a very short uh, news segment. Um, there's a lot going on, uh, as, I, as I kind of alluded to early on uh, in the draft here, with the uh, in the current uh, state of the craft beer industry regarding 
some allegations that we we have to address um, that deserve to be addressed because uh, it is um, I've seen a lot of articles say tidal wave and I I won't say that that's off base so I think we really need tsunami. to uh, tsunami exactly yeah, absolutely and uh, on a lighter note than that today May nineteenth is the greatest boozer in history's birthday Andre the Giant yay. 600 pounds of, and probably 200 of those of his liver, um, (laughs) of drinking machine and wrestling machine and what have you. So we have some Andre the Giant facts uh, for his birthday. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, Does one of them include his shoe size? Oh. I think that's um, (laughs) 23.75. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't, though, sadly. But you know what? Honestly, we can probably, if you want to Google that, I'd... I'd be stunned if that information wasn't out there at this point. Holy crap, this can't be right. It says 58. No. That must be really? like European or something. Oh, that, that that's makes a good sense. Because I'm like a 38 Earth European. Honestly, yeah, I just ordered uh, some shoes uh, that are 10 and a half. Um, sorry, not your 16 there, Tug. Um, <laughs> 10 and a half. Uh, American, and it said 47 European. Oh, so oh, I, don't, I, I found it. I've, it was European. It's 22. Same size as Shaq. Oh, oh shit! Look all right, all right. Look at that! Well, damn, I believe it, dude. That Thanks dude was that. huge. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I can. I feel better I can now. Sleep that... easy now. Yeah, yeah, I can rest easy. Everything's good. Good night, everybody. <laughs> dude has some big ass feet. Thank God, otherwise he'd just be falling forward like all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> that's important. Um, anyway, speaking of boozing, let's get on to the beer of the day. Beer is a fermented beverage made with cereals and w- w- water. The beer of the day. Doug Jones, since you are our guest, we'll let you uh, speak first and drink first. All right. Thank you. I am drinking. And I'm very excited for this one. I discovered it uh, semi-recently, probably a couple months ago. I'm drinking Great Divide Brewing's Car Camper Hazy Pale Ale. Oh, hell yeah. As uh, pale ale is the theme of the night, because, you know, we're coming into spring. It just seemed like a like a tasty beer to be sipping on. Uh, this is 5%, has a 365 and untapped, which I'll get to in a second, and an 83 from Beer Advocate. And they say, Car Camper is the beer to fuel your next adventure. Generously hopped and dry hopped with Sabro hops. The aroma hits, excuse me, hints at cantaloupe, mango, and coconut and finishes evenly with a pleasant mouthfeel. Surrender to your wonderlust and be sure to pack plenty of car camper and uh, great divide was even nice enough to give some tasting uh, notes what's well, really food pairings uh, hawaiian barbecue bacon burger count me in uh bitter greens and mustard vinaigrette vermont cheddar with Ooh. cornish crackers yeah okay there I'm, now i'm into that one <laughs> yeah and uh grilled peaches with cinnamon sugar butter oh that seems oddly specific i've grilled, very specific i've done the same thing i've grilled peaches you put a little bit of butter on them and cinnamon really it's- you grilled peaches in the oven roasted i didn't grill sorry i roasted them so i mean i know you're a cooker but for some reason just randomly grilling peaches and throwing sugar all over just it it seems out of coley's well, i didn't like, do sugar i did cinnamon that was still pretty good hey what'd you do on saturday well i grilled some peaches yeah. so. <laughs> i had a shitload of peaches <laughs> yeah. I, had something to do. I thought i'd grill that's them, honestly yeah. what happened my friend gave me peaches from her tree and i think nick this one nick was working nights this is like a few years ago and I wanted dessert, and I was like, what should I have? I should really be healthy. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to see if I can, like, put peaches in the oven and see, what like, what to do. And it just it said just dust them with a little bit of butter and then just sprinkle cinnamon and put them in. And they were 
fantastic. I mean, it makes if sense. Like that, that butter browns up, gets sweet, and then the cinnamon. I'm in. If only you were an influencer back then, Coley. Like you could have like hashtag the shit out of that I cook know. session. Yeah, a lot of peach hashtags. Showing your peaches all over <laughs> oh. Instagram. That's my name and Nick's phone, and it's his name and my phone, so it makes you sense. You know, you and Amanda could be like a tag team, peaches uh. and cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> tag team uh. champions of the world. Oh, my God. Dude, I'd pay to see that tag team. Well, um, Wiley, you might not crazy. have to. It might maybe over Labor Day we can make that happen. Dude, I, I kind of feel like uh, we got to do like a photo shoot of peaches and cheeks. Coming to a Dallas stadium near you. <laughs> oh my God, dude, that's going to be hilarious. And yeah. you got to play peaches and cream, but we have to try to change the lyrics. You know that I'm peaches and cheeks. Oh, we got to find somebody. Yeah, well, well, you guys know people. Like, If only we knew someone who sang. Yeah, if only. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. See if we can convince her. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Sorry to get distracted. Yeah. Uh, oh, real quick. Well, we're talking yeah. about peaches and cheeks, Sorry. so it's really not that. <laughs> uh, I All can, of us were distracted. I for can totally yeah. go next. Um, um, can I Can I just complain real quick oh, for like sure. three seconds? I'm sure. so sorry not to okay. cut you off. Um, about the beer, I, I read it. I just want to say it's delicious. It's a great pale. It's perfect for summer. It's light, but unlike a lot of pails, tons of flavor still. Like that cantaloupe and mango really comes through a lot, which really kind of gives it that like springtime, warm weather, refreshing. Uh, just enough haze to kind of, you know, juicing things up, but it's not, you know, one of those East Coast pulpy messes. Uh, and then I have a little bit of agreements with the 365 and Untapped. I think that's a little low. That, that's below my standard. If people <laughs> around here. Yeah, it's below my standard 375. I, I think there people. He is beating that dead horse. I think people don't give it the respect it deserves because they go, oh, it's a little lighter, so uh, the flavor isn't as strong. Lower score. It's like, ah, this is a great example of a hazy pale ale. It may not be the the pulp shit show that you want from the East Coast, but it is delicious. It's light. I could crush like nine of these in a sitting. So, uh, well, hot damn. Yeah. I'd, damn, I'd bump you, it up to a right? four. I'd bump it up to a four. Well, and honestly, like that to me is that's important because how many hazy pale ales do you find versus hazy IPAs? So well done, like stepping up and throwing that one out there and making it work. I mean, shit, and that I, should, and I know that you deserve more kudos. Yeah, and I know you, Wiley, are a lover of the pales much more pale than the IPAs. Yeah, and, and so this is this is like the best of both worlds. You get a little bit of that haziness that you're you're used to, but you get the lightness and the crushability of a pale. Yeah, see, yeah, I'd be totally down for that. So. Kudos to them. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna jump on your bitter train on that one and be like, "What the fuck, man? Let's let's raise that score a little bit, yo." Yeah, dicks. <laughs> I'll have to rate it. Yeah, get on in there and like, you know, let's just like crush that. Promise. Well, I am actually drinking uh, Level Line from Topa Topa Brewery. Uh, mm. They're in Ventura, California, so not too far from us. <laughs> Me and Craig like. Mm. Mm. Um, this is five percent ABV. 30, alcohol 37 IBUs and it's a 3.61 on untapped so dig on in there it says there's tasting notes of lemongrass tangerine and woodsy mm. Mm, you're talking about wood again yeah I don't know Sounds like a car freshener <laughs> it does um I definitely get the <laughs> yeah, lemongrass right? <laughs> it is not as floral as a lot of like pails that are you know maybe it doesn't have mosaic hops in it i would have to like look further into it it just doesn't have that kind of taste um it's really light really good and i could actually see myself buying copious amounts of this during summer and drinking copious amounts of it as well it's a really fresh crisp tasting light pale ale 
And if you need help drinking copious amounts of that, like if you accidentally bought too much. Just call you, you over. Know. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Put up the, the tug signal. Like, like a bat <laughs> oh, right hold on, hold air. on. <laughs> I don't know if I'd put up a tug signal. <laughs> hey I will say this, like that, when I go like to any of the top locations, like that's the one I look for. I'm like, yeah, level one. And lately, all of them have been out of it on draft. It's only been canceled. Oh, really? Like, I've never had it before. Yeah. I've had their, yeah, they have a, a different one. It's like a lighter blue can. I don't know. I usually just go for the level one. I don't know. Again, I'm a pale ale guy. Yeah. Like if pale ale's on the menu, that's usually what I'm, I'm going to gravitate this is towards. delicious. I love this beer. Maybe I have had it. I don't know. I don't remember. But it's good. Whatever. It's hey. I like it's it. It's like meeting an old friend you forgot you had, and now you got a new oh friend. Oh, my God. You're like best friends again. You pick up where you left off. <laughs> Are we BBFs? <laughs> BBFs. Reunited, and it feels so good. Speaking of BBFs, so I did some looking. I'm like, all right, what pale ale am I going to go for on on this? My favoritists of beers. What am I going to go for? And I, I did some searching around, and there were a number of breweries I was looking at. I'm like, do I want that? Do I want that? Some of them would clash with something we're going to talk about later. And I'm like, ah, now I know a little bit about that brewery. Maybe I don't want it. Mm-hmm. And you like, stay away from it. So what I decided to do, I realized that I, and I think that many people have had this same experience, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is probably the first craft beer most people had before they knew what craft beer was. Guilty. And I started thinking about it and I'm like I haven't had a Sierra Nevada pale ale since 2014 so basically about the time that craft beer started to like make its thing I started branching out and trying a whole bunch of different things but I did not ever go back to the original pale ale that got me like into craft beer type stuff so I decided to do it tonight I haven't yet had it so literally this will be the first sip I've had of Sierra Nevada pale ale since 2014 history um and this, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about this before I jump on in, because it's kind of interesting. I feel like we need to play so, Chariots of Fire in the background. Anyways. Boats so, and hose. This is a, uh, <laughs> this is a 5.6 on the ABV. Alcohol. Uh, with 38 IBUs. The untapped score right now is 3.63. That is out of 472,000 ratings. So a shitload of ratings. Too low. And in fact, Sierra Nevada Brewing has a 3.7 uh, overall rating right now on Untapped, with 6.8 million ratings. Wow. Shitload of people are rating that. Let me get on in this. Uh, for the first time, let me do math here. Seven years. In seven years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I went to UCSB, man. Don't judge my math. I'm not. I <laughs> The one thing, uh, I hate the 363 on that thing because that is the classic example of a pale ale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all these like later adopters, like uh, dude bro beer lovers that are like, dude, I don't bro. know, man. It doesn't really capture the type of hops that I like. Dude, this is freaking amazing. This actually tastes different to me than when I first had it because when I first had it, I wasn't used to what it is. This is an awesome pale ale. This tastes so freaking good to me right now. I'm so down. I'm glad I brought another one into the studio here. <laughs> I'll openly admit that like the very first time I had Sierra Nevada pale ale, which was way before I was into craft beer, I was like, eh, not not a huge fan. And I just I didn't know what I was not appreciating. And and now I drink it. I'm like, man, there's a reason this beer's been around for you know 30 years mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. at this point. I remember. Like I remember was, back. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Chloe. I was going to say in 2006. I was like 21 and even before then, you know, our friends would have parties and usually they'd get kegs and it was like shitty beer, like Bud Light. 
So when someone got a keg of Sierra Nevada Pale, which we had a, a good friend that would always get that it was his favorite beer, I was like, yes, we get to go to Davy's party <laughs> and he's got a keg of Sierra Nevada and it was good beer. You didn't have to drink a shit ton of it. And it was oh, good times. Yeah, I remember when I would drink this because last time I had it, and the reason why I know specifically when it was, is I used to do a solo camping trip up the Eastern Sierras and I'd hike up like halfway up Mount Whitney come back down there's a little shop right at the base of those trails that would sell beer and stuff and of course they had Sierra Nevada and so to celebrate me getting done with the hike and not dying or or getting by a mountain lion or whatever or falling down a hill um, I would stop in and have a celebratory uh, Sierra Nevada to put some calories back in myself and get ready to cook some dinner and do all that nonsense so carb load yeah carb exactly sure. you know replace some replace some shit as it were um, but damn it I gotta knock off that as that were shit. God, son of a bitch. You need anyway. a buzzer. <laughs> I do, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Colin and Sandra have been good. They always call me out now. Uh, lately, when I do I it. didn't even, it, I didn't even hear it this time. I sneak it in like a ninja. You did. <laughs> but one thing I will say is that I kind of felt when I had it back in the day that it was like, wow, this is super bitter. It's kind of like I remember it as being kind of dank and round so to speak, in terms of taste. Now it just feels open and like crisp and good. So I recommend for those of you out there who haven't had that beer in a while, maybe it's the first beer you had and you hadn't thought about it, go back to it and give it a shot and see how it compares to the the offerings that are out there now. Because honestly, that's some good shit right there. I like I yeah, I absolutely well. did not appreciate it when I first had it. and then Absolutely. When I grew to appreciate beer and, and all that, it was like, oh, I was missing out. I'm, I'm the dumb here. <laughs> yeah, they, they were way ahead of the curve right there. So, Radio. Wow. Well, if that's like a great pale for beginners, let's talk about the best IPAs for beginners, shall we? Yeah. Let's do it. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure I could give Nick any of these off of this list and he still probably wouldn't like them but you know look IPAs are very distinct they they are usually quite hoppy um, some can be very bitter depending if it's hazy then it's juicier but um, wasn't there one IPA that he was okay with oh heady topper is that yeah that's right mm-hmm. that's what it was he's like yeah, I was heady topper and and made west pale yes you know he does love made west funny. pale because he's a smart man. Yeah, it's not and an it is IPA, a very hoppy pale, and it's, hoppy. it's delicious. I don't know, it's delicious. You know, it just tastes like something that would be a product of a gypsy curse. Well, I love me a gypsy curse. It's always easy buying beers for Nick, Big Dick Nick, because I just go, what would my wife drink? Very <laughs> they true. They drink the exact same stuff. They have the same palate. Well, it's me again. <laughs> <laughs> same palate. Funny, funny note, though, on that note, Tug, um, I did stop by Bottle and Pint earlier today. Mm, for those of you not in the show. California area, Bottle and Pint, there are two locations Always amazing beer on tap, and they have a pretty good little cold room where you can buy, you know, even just a can to enjoy there or take home, whatever. Just got some Crown and, and Hops from there. Crown and hops? Oh, Crown yeah, and Hops is yeah. good. I love Crown and Hops. Mm-hmm. They just got in, I think, 24, so six four-packs of Heady Topper. Mm. Oh, nice. Sitting in there right now. And they had a whole shitload of Made West Pale, and I thought of you guys. Mm. And I actually talked to the, the manager fives. there, and I'm like, you don't understand how this beer here has divided the booze league community. <laughs> it's a line in the sand. It's like one or the other, man. There's no like in between like, eh, 
It's either uh, it's the best ever or I hate it, which I'm... That, that has become like the vaccine debate of the beer world. <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> At least in booze league, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this case, Wiley's an anti-vaxxer. Oh, I mean, you know, Don't put me on that side. How dare you? <laughs> That's like MAGA adjacent. I don't want that oh, shit. God. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so, clearly we all know IPAs are wildly popular. The Brewer Association's chief economist, Bart Watson, estimates that the style accounts... Yeah, the Bartman. I love the Bart. Bartman. Uh, style accounts for about 35 to 40% of craft beer sales in the United States. It's classic so, B-Watt. He said, no matter how you slice it, it's the largest style and is growing faster than any other craft style. And that's mm-hmm. like a, a current quote, right? It's still um, like this juggernaut of... I guess. I mean, I don't, this article only came out like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's still anywhere you go. It's like yeah. IPA of Palooza. Yes. I mean, clearly it's making money. If, if you walk into Ennegrin, which is a local German brewery out in our area... And they have an IPA on tap. You you know it's not because they love making it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, there's been a surge of like lower ABV, hazy or sorry, um, IPAs as well, and hazy substyles. You know, both are known for easier drinkability, stuff like that. So, um, but there's also a ton of people that are like entering the category of IPAs that are like I don't know, they're not down with stuff. So, <clears throat> they gave a list of I think it's fourteen brewers and uh just the name of their beer to um wow i'm like i don't know why i can't word right now i'm gonna start over english can be hard it can be been there sorry (laughs) we've enlisted the expertise of 14 brewers some of whose hop forward work is widely considered outstanding to share their recommendations on the best beginner ipas that's what i was trying to say Nailed it. So there's Lawson's Super Session number eight. Um, I've heard of Lawson's. Yeah, Lawson's Finest Liquids, and it's Super. That's what it is. Super that's Session eight. Name. Yeah. Their Sip of Sunshine is their big one. Oh really? Yeah, that's a that, great name. That's a good beer too. Okay, well, um, they don't have too much to say about it, but this was like number one on the list. Um, second one is Fathead's Headhunter, India hmm. Pale Ale. Um, That's Portland I, Brewery, right? I, Fatheads? I think. No, they're actually Ohio. from Ohio. Yeah, they had a Portland location. I've been there, and they, they closed a few years ago. Oh, really? That's what it is. I remember seeing it, Coley, when we were up there, yeah. um, all of us, uh, and I remember, I don't think we ever made it in there. I don't think we did I mean, either. we did. I don't, it all got a little hazy there. It really did. Speaking <laughs> we of went in there haze. because uh, Deschutes was so crowded, and it was across the street. We're like, we're going to this place Maybe instead. We, we can actually did, get a beer. Then. I think we did. Yeah, that, that sounds oh, really familiar. Yeah. We hit a lot of places. We even did a ghost tour, Tug. It was awesome. It was Ooh. really cool. It was like on Halloween or something, too. Or mm-hmm. It was badass. Yeah, I think we were dressed up. I think it was on Halloween. Nice. Um, sorry. This one is a West Coast IPA. It's 7.5%. So West Coast, always a good one. Um, early Bird Pale Ale. I'm trying to see. This is from Flyaway Brewing in Little Rock, Arkansas. Hmm. Uh, Bell's Two-Hearted Ale, which is an American mm-hmm. IPA. Classic. Yep. Um, they said, uh, wasn't that beer of the year for a couple of years? I think, I think you're right. That I don't sounds know. Familiar. I think it beat Pliny. I think, I think you're right about that. Cause everyone was like, Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's brewed a hundred percent, uh, Pacific Northwest Centennial hops. If anyone's, 
um, interested, and it's seven percent. Just keeping track at home yeah. with her bingo. Then of course, <laughs> I got Centennial. Everyone else's fan favorite, Pliny the Elder. I think that should oh, be yes. top on the list. That is such a great beer. It's so obviously, if it is fresh, it tastes so fresh and crisp, and it's just it's a well done beer. Um, this it is. is I'll, right? I'll I'll blasphemy right here. I love Pliny. Don't get me wrong, but Heady Topper's better. A heady topper mm. is way better, and I don't even think it's on the list, and it makes me extremely upset. That is my favorite. If Nick Nick doesn't like Pliny, and Nick likes heady, so yeah. And if you want to keep it Russian River, Blind Pig's better. Yes. Yeah, thank you. I was actually getting ready to say some heresy and go. I, you know, if if Elder and Blind Pig were on tap next to each other, I'm a Blind Pig guy every time. I think Nick mm-hmm. will actually drink Blind Pig. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this is a safe space here for, yeah. for all you Blind Pig lovers. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Just uh, let's see. First time I had Blind Pig and I liked it. Oh, okay. God. Blind Pig's anonymous. Um, this <laughs> BPA. Next... BPA. Oh, my God. You don't want BPAs, though. Isn't that like some like plastic thing? Oh, yeah, yeah it causes cancer. cancer. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Uh, this... Blind Pig is good, though. <laughs> this next one is New Orthodox India Pale Ale, Pale Ale Series M43, and it's a New England Pale Ale. I mean, it's got like 65 IPUs per the can and 6.8% alcohol, but alcohol. too bad. Pretty high IBU for a New England. Yeah, I would think so too. And then this one is by Zero Gravity. It's called Conehead. I don't know. I don't think I've ever <laughs> even heard of it. I haven't heard of that one, but I like the mm-hmm. Coneheads. And then our, our good friend Sierra Nevada, Hazy Little Thing IPA. Also great beer. It's not bad. It's, it's a solid beer. It is very solid. I talked to the uh, the rep here in Ventura County, mm-hmm. and he says Hazy Little Thing is their number one selling beer at Sierra Nevada. Really? It beats everything else they sell. Hmm. Oh. Like, it, it's ridiculous how much of that they sell. And I and that was, like, about a year ago. I mean, I don't know if the haze craze has, has started to die off, but um, as of a year ago, like, they're like, dude, Hazy Little Thing may, well, blows all the rest of our That's crazy. lineup out of the water. They're a genius for putting Hazy on the can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the yeah. noobs were like, hi, Hazy, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the timing was right, right? It's like, oh, it's a Hazy. Oh, and it's here. Oh, I'm in. And it's at Vaughn's. I'll take it. Yeah, oh, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> True story. Uh, next on the list, we have Wrench from Industrial Arts. Hmm. Uh, another Sierra Nevada pale ale made the list. Hey, what's which up? Which is just Coming a pale hot. ale, but I mean, I guess because of the hops they're considering it for people that don't I'd like it's IPA adjacent okay. like it, it's a good gateway kind of bitter so it even like says it's not going to blow your mind with it but although it this is, is it is big for a pale not an IPA yeah. it offers the same desired flavor compounds as one and it's approachable at 5.6% alcohol so I agree with all that as I drink it right now I'm, I feel super approached and I feel like I'm going to like <laughs> totally fuck up the name on this one Trogs T R O E G S Oh, yeah. Trogues. Trogues, I think so. Is it Perpetual IPA? Aren't they from uh, your home state? Mm-hmm. A little Pennsylvania action? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say where it's from. Oh. And the bottle... Harrisburg, PA. Oh, there you go. Harrisburg. The Battle of go. Harrisburg. I don't know. <laughs> um, Society Brewing Company, mm-hmm. The Coachman, oh, yeah. which is their session Hell IPA. yes. Love me some Society. Yep. And it's a West... It says it's a West Coast. No, San Diego. Wiley, <laughs> and uh, I think that was the last one, to be honest. So there's quite a few. This list, if you're not into IPAs, check these out, or you're just beginning, in there. or you're beginning and you don't know where to start. These are also a great idea. 
Or maybe you've had IPAs and you're like, wow, these are terrible. Like maybe you jumped in at the wrong spot. Maybe. You know, like, cause I, I kind of jumped in at the wrong spot. I had to chug a, a arrogant bastard. It was Ooh. my first IPA I've ever had. Um, not on purpose, just kind of happened. But um, I'm like, oh, well this is, and I think probably through Sierra Nevada, I actually was able to come back to the bitter, you know, crew, the bitter cult as it were. Yeah. My, my first, as it were. At my first IPA was, was Stone IPA. <laughs> oh my god! And I was I, I remember the I remember the time I was like, this tastes like pine trees and flowers. Like who the yeah. fuck drinks this? And then of course I I grew to like it. But what brought me into the IPAs? There's two two IPAs that brought me into the IPA land. Which one of which was Stone, and it was their Cali Belgique because it was so tame. And then also uh, Mammoth Brewing's 395. Oh yeah, that's good. I got to make it. Have you been to 395, Doug? Not 395. Have you been up the 395 to Mammoth Brewing? <laughs> I have indeed many a time, and uh, I, I love it there. Their their beer is so good. They're turning out some great stuff. I know Otter loves Mammoth. Like He talks about him. Like, he's a big – Mammoth and uh, Artifacts are his two uh, mm -hmm. favorites. No, and Trans Hill because he works there. So. Of course. I was just there <laughs> earlier today. Uh, if I get a little plug-in for uh, the Mammoth area, the former head brewer of Mammoth Brewing – opened up a distillery shelter distilling that's in the same little village where mammoth brewing is. And he's not only making some great spirits, if you're into that kind of thing, he's also making great beers still as well. So uh, if you're up in mammoth, go check out shelter as well as mammoth brewing. Hell yeah. I've heard great. of shelter. Actually. I heard it's really good. We've got some of their whiskey downstairs. Really good stuff. Uh, when I was there, they, they I had a little everything. It's like one of each, sir. <laughs> and uh, stumbled my way out. But I, everything they're making is so good. Their equipment is arranged in a way where it's like a work of art. It's so it's such a great looking place, and it's really cool. So when, when we did uh, the interview with uh, Bags from there doesn't there does not exist last week, we actually ended up. I was breaking down the equipment, and he's like, "We're talking about bourbons and whiskeys." He's like, "You want to go drink some whiskey?" I'm like, hell yeah, I do. It's Pope shit in the woods. <laughs> like, who are you talking to? Of course I do. Uh, so we ended up going over to uh, the Slow Brew. Um, oh, yeah. They have a Slow Brew Rock, Rod and Hammer, which mm -hmm. Coley has given gifts of that. And again, like they're, I love the fact that they set up distilleries now. One, they make amazing whiskey. The, the whiskey there was insane. It's the best whiskey sour that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. But it really was a work of art. All the distillery, the way they set it up, like was just freaking gorgeous. It looked yeah. really pretty. I honestly saw it on like, I wouldn't call her an influencer, but she... Um, makes the designer watch bands for the Apple Watch. Hashtag influencer. She kind of is on her stories and stuff. But they <laughs> went there and they had cute gift sets too, like around Christmas. Nice. And I didn't know. I mean, I was just going off of, you know, her word of mouth. She lives in slow. And I bought one. I bought a rye for Wiley and a bourbon for Joe and Liz. And they both said it was really good. So I was nice. happy. Super good. I have had a chance to try the distilling. I, cheap plug, I interviewed their brewer, uh, Steve right before they opened up the distillery side and he was telling me how great it was going to be and i haven't been able to get back up there so i'm very jealous hopefully soon enough booze league radio so i i just wanted to share well this won't take too long uh i was recently reading an article that was beer trends that are, are in craft beer and there's some really stupid things that we won't get to. Like, is Hazy here to stay? Yeah, it's here to stay. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, an, it's a part of GABF. If they if they didn't think it was going to stick around, they would not have included a GABF. Uh, 
just like glitter beer is not part of GABF. So hey, uh, funny thing about that, right? Here to say, yeah. <laughs> Wonder why. Uh, but there were some some things in there that I was like, oh yeah, hmm. What do you guys think of this? So one of the things that really caught me was uh, their their part about low ABV, and they said low ABV is a big deal. And I really relate to that. It seems like for a while that breweries were doing their best to see how much alcohol they could pack into a pint of beer. And I know, I don't want to put them on blast, but like local brewery Five Threads out here was really good at packing in the ABV. If you ever want uh, to just get shittered, Sequoia Stout is 18% and like $4 a bottle. So uh, Here's our Pilsner at 14%. Oh, yeah. That's a panty dropper. And, and, Right. And I and I love me some five threads. They turn out some great beer, but it's hard to go have multiple beers. You got to drive home. So I'm I'm a huge fan of the low ABVs when I'm at a brewery drinking. I don't know about you guys. I wanted to get your opinions on where you think ABVs should be at, especially when you're at a brewery. I Well, I typically, if, no matter where I am or what time of year it is, if a brewery has a stout or a porter or anything like that, I'm going to try it. Those are typically higher ABVs anyway, but I'll usually try it and then try to find something lower ABV, like a pale or a low mm. ABV IPA, because I know I don't need a 7% IPA after I'm drinking a 9%, you know, 10 ounce pour of their stout. So right. I prefer lighter beers to have a lower ABV. But that's personally because I like to try a darker beer first. Yeah, I even get excited for those like 5% oatmeal stouts. It's yes. like, oh good, I can have a couple of these. Yeah. Or like Institution's Shaking Head to Toe Coffee Porter. I'm going to give them a shout out because that's like my favorite fucking yeah. beer that they make. And it's 5%. And it, and it drinks like a big boozy, you know, it's, but it's it's oh, not. It's you can have a few of those. Yeah. Wiley, are you a fan of the lower or the higher? Um, it depends on the situation. Like, I like the, the barrel aged, like higher ones. In a situation where you're sitting around a fire pit, um, let's say it's like winter or whatever, or even mm -hmm. if it's during summer, you're sitting around with a big bonfire or whatever, you can sit there and sip. I like that. But if you're going out to a brewery, if you're going out with friends, if you're going to a place where you're going to be social, and again, that's one of the reasons why I'm a pale ale guy is generally pale ales, like you're, you're going to max out right about 6'2", maybe 6'5", at the most. And and you're, you're, you're kind of, to me, it's always been a marathon, not a sprint. And I don't mm -hmm, want to be on mm -hmm, the high, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on the high ABV um, spectrum. Like you'll rarely see me ordering uh, a Dippa or a Tippa or any <laughs> of that, right? Like I won't do that when I'm out. Like just I'd rather you know be there for a long time uh, as opposed to a short good time, as it were. Right. God yeah, damn it. There it is again. Yeah, but I agree. Like, I'm not going to order a Dippa unless I'm ordering, you know, some food or something. To oh, kinda and carby food, like out. a plate of nachos. Yeah, or some wings. Even then, though, I, I feel like Tots. all the times that, like, when I go to breweries, I'm either going to be there for a bit, because usually I'm, I've got my laptop out, I'm booze casting some stuff, I'm doing, like, I'm, I'm going to be there for a bit, or I'm hanging out with friends. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about everyone listening or I know about you, Coley, and I'm sure, Greg, you're probably in the same boat. If you're hanging in there with friends, you're not there for an hour. No, you're oh, there yeah. for you're, a couple hours. It's going to be a, a moment. And I think the last time all of us hung out, we were at institution for a good three hours yeah. and then came back to my house for another two or three. <laughs> right. right. October so, it was a, it was a, oh, was that when we were uh, lighting up uh, the locals jukebox with uh, oh, Rick Astley? <laughs> Um, speak we were Rick rolling a whole bar. No, no, it was sexy sex. 
No, it was Careless Whisperer, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the other one, Wham. Well, I sent this to Wiley yesterday. It was a meme, and it said, My wife left me home alone with the kids to go out drinking with her friends. A lesser man might whine or complain, but instead I'm playing Chumbawamba's 1997 hit Tub Thumping over and over on the jukebox at the bar using the Touchtones app. And he texts her. And she said, yeah, about to get another round. You drinking a whiskey drink or a vodka drink? She's like, margarita. Awesome. The bath sucked. The kids were not thumping in the tub. Sorry, honey. I got them down, but they got back up again. Wait, what the fuck? Are you doing this? <laughs> Amazing. So it reminded me of the time that Wiley was doing that to everyone. Yeah, Wiley, yeah, Wiley was hitting up the uh, touch tunes just on repeat with that sexy sound. And then we called the local. Yeah, yeah it was the playing fact in the you're like, you called Greg? <laughs> like, I called him, yeah. The saxophone playing in the background was amazing. It was hard to keep my, because I just called it and put him on speaker. It was a very simple, like, hey, you know, how late are you guys open tonight? You know, <laughs> and I was really trying to compose myself because I really wanted to just die of laughter because I'm hearing sexy <laughs> sex. Yeah. Excuse me, uh, how <laughs> late are you open to, <laughs> open tonight? Oh, oh that was no, Those great. are the best jokes. That was, that no, was so good. So, joke, so. Uh, but yeah, anyways, summary, if I'm out, I want a low ABV. Um, they're talking about different in quotes beers, CBD beers are starting to emerge. And I wanted to add to that THC beers, uh, Lagunitas. I know they're not crafts, but Lagunitas has a weed beer that you can uh, buy readily here in California. I may have tried it. Wasn't too bad. Um, are you guys, <laughs> how are the Cheetos and Funyuns? <laughs> Lots of Funyuns. Um, it would, it, you know, it tasted uh, pretty IPA ish because that, that weed kind of gave it a, a, a piney dankiness. Yeah, in fact, a few years back, I, I homebrewed uh, an IPA with weed in it. Um, they can't sell weed and alcohol in the same bottle, so like the Lagunitas one just oh. has the THC. But I brewed one that had both because there's no laws for a homebrewer. Right over there, there's some people smoking weed. <laughs> I was drinking it, um, but I don't know. I, have you guys had any of these like CBD or THC beers? I have not, only because um, my work. So I stay away from that. I guess I could do CBD, but I have not tried it. If, mm-hmm. you, if you're asking, I haven't yet. I mean, I I kind of combine them organically, if that makes sense. <laughs> but not uh, as someone else brewed it and gave it to me. Sure, that's fair. That's fair. But uh, so far, I know I've had that a the uh, like the weed water has become kind of a thing and i mean i know uh, lagunese is getting into that and i think a mm-hmm. number of other breweries i think even heineken is starting to go down that road towards making weed water essentially um, i mean i guess that makes sense heine owns lagunitas so. oh yeah so okay. they, they do tie into it to mm-hmm. each other but i also think that they're looking forward and kind of seeing some opportunities now that weed is essentially legal in the u.s and going down that road towards being even more widely available i think they're looking at that and going you know, maybe we get on this market early and, yeah. and try and ride that way. I think wave. there's a big opportunity right. for growth there, and I, I think that'll oh, be weed. the next, like, seltzer type thing. Hopefully so. Yeah, like, look at look at what they're doing. They're like, dude, what's better than seltzer and weed? Seltzer and weed together. <laughs> Let's do weed that, Weed seltzer. Huh? And they're like, oh, yeah. All the bros were like, yeah, man. Like, yeah, man, that sounds good, man. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Let's Sick also watch weed. The Matrix later. <laughs> Uh, and then the next trend is sours are enjoying a wide appeal, and I couldn't agree more. I think sours are, excuse me, sours are booming right now, uh, especially fruited sours and adjunct sours and all this thing. In fact, my mom, who absolutely hates beer, I mean, just the thought of beer, she gives you that bitter beer face. Like, but there is you know? bitter facing. 
Yeah. I gave her, uh, on Mother's Day, I gave her some tripping animals. It was a fruited sour. And I said, here, just try that. We're drinking mimosas. I said, here, just try this. And she's like, what is it? I was like, just try it. And she tried it. She's like, oh, is this beer? I would drink it. This is good. So I think fruited sours and sours in general are a really good way to kind of break in those non-beer drinkers. I agree. Um, yeah, Barrel Works down in San Diego. Uh, they, they're attached to Helix Brewing. They have some amazing sours that literally taste like you're drinking mimosas. And I think if you're trying to break in someone to the craft beer world, like sours are the way to go. I concur. I agree with that. I love sours. So I'm not a fruited sour guy. I know I'm super picky for a beer guy. Um, I'm like just a sour guy. I got in with a Grestic on Firestone. A Grestic? A Grestic, as they say in New Zealand. Um, I like uh, I like sours and like I like this one reason why I like Libertines. They're like, okay, this is a wild IPA. This is a wild stout. Mm-hmm. This is these are beers that we're making with wild yeast to give it that tartness and that that weird sourness. But I'm not a fruited guy because again, the first beer I really got sick on was the blueberry ale from Slow Brewing. Yep. So you know, I mean, it yeah. left it left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> I bet it is, so as speak. it were. Yeah, yeah as I it almost were. said it. I know, I so to speak, it. was a good transition. I like that. Yeah, that's right. Love me some creaky bones, and I'll oh, end it on this one. Um, this kind of so good. This kind of relates back to the low ABV, and they, and they basically want to say that high ABV is now become a niche market for craft beer. Instead of being like, "Hey, can I get that uh, 120 minute IPA at 19 percent?" Now it's very much niche. And we don't need to spend tons of time on it because we already talked about low ABV. But I, I totally agree. I think high ABV has become a niche thing and, and people aren't seeking it out as much as they were before. So. You got to go where the use is. How do people use your beer? Yeah. You know, and, and if it's not, if they're not going to sit there and like, they're not going to like sit there and drink it and, you're, and buy a shitload of it. They're like, I'm going to buy this for th- my friends getting married the night before we're going to go out and sit around the lake at the dock and talk about old times and get, you know, you have to get up <laughs> early the next day. We're going to sit it's almost like sipping whiskey in a way. Yeah. So I feel Absolutely. like, yeah, those are moving towards very specific and again, the, the niche market as it were. Yeah. God, oh, so close. <laughs> we're like five tonight, but it's okay. Well, you, you know, you're getting close to breaking the habit when you're catching yourself before. We I do. am dude. I, I catch myself just a normal day when I'm talking to people. Cause yeah. even when I mention it, Coley's like, Oh yeah, that's one of your things. Yeah, you say that. I'm like, son of a like even like when we're just like okay. hanging out. We still love you, Wiley. <sighs> Sorry, I'll get past this. We I'm still love you to, as it were. As it were. I'm gonna go to as it were's anonymous. <laughs> anonymous. <laughs> I can't make fun of you though, because I find out or find that when I make fun of people for their like their crutches, mm-hmm. yeah. if you will, uh then I start saying them. If you will. Yeah. As it were. <laughs> it's time to go pro with your bad habit. Booze League Radio. All right, you guys. Are you ready for a, a short little bit of news? Shorter Always. the better. Wait, hold on. That's <laughs> what? not what she said. We're, well, okay. We're size not talking 16. talking about shoe size. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> Let's kick these feet up. Spanning the globe to bring you all the news that's fit to booze to, this is the Booze Line News. KBCE, Booze League Radio. I almost feel bad playing the full intro for like one news story, but uh, we're going to go back to these guys who we featured on draft. I want to say is 59. What's going on, Booze League? This is Jack from Dead Poet Society, and you're listening to our song, American Blood. 
American Blood by Dead Poet Society. This is the, uh, for those of you who uh, tuned into that, it's back when we were still doing video uh, for the Boozecast. Um, great band, great song. This is the, uh, the, the chorus, I guess, to uh, kind of spark your memory. Try to keep my head up, my head up. They got a good sound. They're a lot of fun. Good dudes. Well produced. Yeah, yeah right? I mean, they're they like, they're great. spot on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I saw on one of the uh, the influencer Instagrams, mm. hashtag influencer. Was it Nicole's? Uh, no, it was not. No, oh, they had their pants on. I was a little down. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't cheeks peaches? adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> cheeks adjacent. Um, I'm actually going to look her up to, to, to make sure I get the exact uh, Instagram uh right i mean i know her face and her name i actually like know mm. her name i'm trying to i just want to make sure i get her um she a face with no name she is uh not a face with no name all right well i'll, I'll look that up uh later and then i'm not gonna sit here and look for it this is where i sing because he's gonna edit yeah right <laughs> but it's uh actually i probably won't edit that i'm just gonna leave that in yeah, like it's- the mellifluous tones of Tug Jones. Hello. Tones by Jones. <laughs> oh my God, it's perfect. <laughs> I can't wait, dude. That'll be like your album cover. You're sitting there in a turtleneck holding a white cat. It'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. And you That'll have to so do good. the horns. Yeah. And I'll also have like a painting in the background just because. Very sure. Bob Ross style. Mm-hmm. But it's um, it's Lindsay Hayes. And uh, I know that I follow oh, yeah. her. Um, uh, what is her Instagram uh, handle? Is it It's Hot? No, it's not. It's Hot. Jesus. Yeah, see, exactly. So I'll let um, you look that up while I'm talking about this. But Yeah, I got you. She posted a number of upcoming, kind of like Coachella-type posters of concerts that were announced. One of them being in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm. It's the Louder Than Life Festival. And lo and behold, Dead Poet Society is playing this festival. So rad for them. Right? Rad. Super cool. They are playing on Sunday of Louder Than Life. Uh, and they were playing with the likes of, and I'm going to start with the lesser-known bands and go all the way back to uh, the headliners. Uh, let's see. The, I'm just going to pick out the ones I know. <laughs> Pennywise is playing. Seether uh, is playing. Okay. Mudvayne, Judas Priest, and headlining Mudvayne. that night, Metallica. Oh, Internight. Right? Wow. Pretty freaking cool. Like I'm- Also, some head, some other headliners from that uh, particular concert. Corn, Stained, Cypress Hill, Jane's Addiction, Rise Against, Kill Switch Engage, Nine Inch Nails, Snoop Dogg. Nine Inch Nails is playing? Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, um, my boyfriend. loves herself. Yeah, she loves herself some MGK. Yeah, a number of really, really good bands. Gross. And and it's funny because they're actually staying in, uh, you you remember uh, Christian and Gina, who I call Dickhead Mm -hmm. and Gina? Um, the lead singer of Dead Poet Society is renting their house down in Huntington Beach right now and mm. staying there as they're uh, preparing to, to leave. Because after they do this, this is going to be September 23rd. Oh, I'm sorry. September 23rd and 26th, they'll be there. Before they go there, they're going to be in England at the Reading Leeds Festival. Jolly good. Hello, hello. <laughs> Damn it, I didn't have it loaded up. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> A lot of drops to look at to, to find the one word. Oh, yeah, there it is. Bollocks. That's better. I feel a little better now that I said that. Yeah, baby. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> All right, so um, they're at the, the Reading Leeds Festival, 
And uh, hold on, let me find what night they are on. I pulled it up because I saw While you that. look up that night, I will just inform everybody. Hoppy Hayes is her Instagram. Thank you. God damn. I'm used to seeing her on Facebook more now. So I'm like, oh, hey, it's Lindsay. What's up? So yeah. um, I couldn't find her. Um, which, uh, where are they at here? Again, Machine Gun Kelly shows up on this one. Queens of the Stone Age is going to be there. Ooh. L- Liam Gallagher from, oh, uh, from Oasis. Oh, God. No Oasis. Thanks. Yeah, I was a huge Oasis fan in fifth grade. Like, come on now. Oh, I got uh, the uh, Wonderwall uh, album on vinyl, and it's super, super good. It's called What's the Story, Morning Glory. That's the one. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, there they are. They're playing on, uh, is that Saturday? So Friday, Saturday. Yeah, so they're playing fr- uh, Saturday. Let me uh, read off a few uh, of who's playing here at Reading Leeds. Um, this actually looks odd. like I'd love to fly to England to see this show. Um, headlining on uh, Saturday, Post Malone. I love also, Posty too. A little Posty, Two Door Cinema Club, uh, Biba Doobie, which is a really, really good little girl that sings some awesome damn songs. Uh, the Wombats are going to be there. There are a lot of English bands, obviously, and a lot of European bands uh, that you may or may not recognize. Um, but the fact they're going over to Europe to be at the Reading Leeds Festival is pretty. That's awesome, really so. cool. Like, hooray for them. Yeah, so congrats awesome. to Dead Poet Society. It's awesome. Uh, they're, I think they're working on updating all their Instagrams and stuff and, and social medias and whatnot because uh, I'm not seeing a whole like, – their, their tour thing has not yet been updated. Oh. But um, you can find them at WeRDPS, WeRDPS.com, um, and look them up, Dead Poet Society, on uh, Facebook as well. But I uh, highly recommend. They're a great band, really, really good dudes, and they're finding some success. So get on the train while you can. Booze League Radio. I'm going to get into this. I know we already, it's, I guess it's kind of part of news because it's breaking news. And Wiley mentioned it earlier, but it's the allegations of sexism and assault in the beer and alcohol and even service industry, as well as racism. Let's just throw that in there as well because mm-hmm. that came out. Basically, it's all the bad things. Yes. Like when it comes um, down to it. I found out about it um, through Greg, actually. He had said something, asked if I had seen it from. Um, rat magnet on instagram and people were sending her stories and she was posting them obviously again stories allegations but because of this tidal wave of what happened i mean we've had head brewers and owners resign Uh, modern times yeah be fired modern times was one of them um they sent out i read they had like a whole like announcement it was like a six swipe announcement. I don't know if you guys read through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read through that. That's actually from the CEO yeah. that he wrote. Yeah, so. Jacob McKeon. Mm-hmm. And there, yeah, I just you know I opened Google on my phone today, and there was like a whole like you know how Google will give you articles underneath it on your phone, a like a browser. That he was like mm-hmm. on there, and they talked about that. Um, it, I mean, clearly, you know, as a woman, and even just being in the workforce that I'm in, and having to deal with certain things, you know, it. Clearly, it's it's a prominent thing, um, but it sounds like it's really horrible in this industry. I luckily have really never worked in the service industry or as a bartender or a beer tender or for a brewery. I've had thoughts about it, and it kind of is making me change my mind. Um, just seeing, I don't know, seeing certain things that people posted, I'm going to... Um, give a shout out to it's hoppy her name's tiffany she is a friend of mine on instagram in the she's big in the beer community as well um she's 
at It's Hoppy, if you guys want to give her a follow. And she posted something. It was a comment that Moxa Brewery um, had posted, and she had said, she had it previously on her story, something that they had said. And this person, I'm debating on whether or not to name them because they are such an asshole, literally replied to Mox's story and said, have you seen how many women have IG accounts whoring with beer? Give me a break. I mean, that, that is like that. rape culture mentality right there. I, I like, I, I just can't. Like, he's the exact reason that women have the harassment issues that we do. It's like gaslighting behavior. It's just awful. And I don't know if you guys have anything to add. Like, it's just, it's a very controversial, very heated, horrible subject. I have, I have a number of thoughts. Greg, do you want to go first since you're a guest? <laughs> Either way. Uh, yeah, this, this is a hard one. Uh, we, we talked about it on our show this week. I, I brought it up. Um, I, I debated on, on whether to bring it up or not as a guy, you know, guys are the problem in this situation. Obviously men are the problem. Hard to and feel I, like like to to give voice that you feel like would be legitimate. Yeah, and and I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want it to look like I was jumping on any sort of bandwagon or trying to gain any sort of followers, especially off of somebody else's trauma. Um, but in the end, I decided I should bring it up as a guy who thinks this is bullshit that this sort of thing is going on. I figured, well, if guys don't talk about it, if men don't talk about it, then then nothing will fucking change. Um, so we talked about it and it was a weird one. You know, what do you say, uh, other than like, fuck, I am, I am so sorry that most of us are such assholes sometimes. And, um, you have to work sure, on I've, being an ally. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm sure I've been guilty of at least some of these things of, uh, you know, at, at the very least, you know, checking out a girl as she walks by. I mean, that's, that's, that's common. Um, I, I hope I've never, I mean, I don't think I've ever, you know, physically or anything like that, but, um, I, 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 you know, it brings to light. I'm not in the industry per se. I don't actually make beer and sell it, but, um, I know a lot of girls who do, I, I, you know, it, it's almost a joke. Sometimes I know we're all friends with, uh, Brittany, formerly of Enegrin, yep. now of, of Naughty Pine. And it's almost a joke. She'll talk about like, oh, guys come in and uh, they, oh, sweetie, you sure you can lift that grain of sack or excuse me, that sack of grain. <laughs> Dyslexia is, is crazy. Uh, can you lift that sack of grain? And and it, it's semi-harmless, but at the same time, it's like, uh, it's are you drinking beer? Yeah. Are you drinking beer right now? Because she fucking lifted that sack of grain. And if she hadn't, you wouldn't be drinking this beer. And it's better than a lot of the beer guys are putting out. Um, some of my favorite beer comes from women, uh, Brittany also, uh, Southern beer girl over at Jagged mountain, Alyssa, she's making some amazing beer to the point where I was so excited when I could get it shipped out here during the pandemic. I'm glad they started shipping. Um, so I, I, I feel very unqualified and uneducated as far as someone to speak about this. All I can say is, is I, I hope things get better. I, if, if, you know, we or I have done anything in that direction. I would like it to be brought to my attention instead of, uh, you know, hidden to some extent. I, I know jokes get made, but, um, yeah, I, I feel wildly unqualified to talk about it. And I, and I would never want to, uh, to downplay anybody's stories of trauma. I think we need to listen and we need to believe and it's, it's their story. It's not ours. We need to do better. 
That is for sure. Well, yeah, and, and on that note, I think it's important to to not only listen and and give credence and credibility, but take a look and and have some accountability. So it, you mentioned you mentioned Alyssa Thorpe uh, from Jagged Mountain. So we featured her. Uh, what was this back in 2019? We we're doing a series featuring women in brewing, and we asked her back in 2019, "What are some of the challenges you experienced or heard of, or maybe heard of other female brewers?" in getting hired as a brewer. And literally she says, for me, and I suspect most other women trying to brew, is just getting your foot in the door. I graduated from a good brewing program at Regis University and still had trouble finding a solid brewing job afterwards. I think employers seem to be concerned with I could act if with I could actually do the work. Could I lift a grain bag? That seems to be over Brittany said it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like that comes up over and over again. Oh, you can't even lift a grain bag. Hey, leave the brewing to the men. And that just kind of casual kind of nonsense. Like I was thinking today, um, cause I knew we were going to be doing this. So I was thinking about, there's a lot, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, but one of the things I, that really kind of made me sad about all of this is, is these women who got involved in, in brew in the brewing industry and in craft beer, but let's talk about it. They got involved to be brewers. Okay. In many cases, they got involved because they loved craft beer and they're like, I want to be adjacent to the, to the place that makes the stuff I love. Right. Imagine all the, the, the thoughts and the innovation and the passion that they brought into that, that was undercut, that was thrown to the floor, that was just derailed. Or someone else took credit for it and someone someone got got the higher paid position. But then, With yeah, so someone else took for it. So, so what else did not come about from that? Like you read through a lot of, of what Radmag uh, Brienne's been posting, and it's a whole lot of I came into this, I, I was ready to do this, and this happened, or I couldn't advance, and I was just thrown down, and then I'm in therapy, I'm on medication, I'm on. It completely destroyed that spark of of passion for this industry. How how. How much has that been a detriment to this industry because of the nonsense of all the dude bros that are in it? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking further, okay, so where, where did, how did we get here? How did this even happen? And I think there's a couple different, and again, this is just my opinion looking at it, trying to be as neutral as possible to figure out, okay, what are the causes? I mean, obviously, um, I don't have input. I can't think. Uh, from a female perspective of having been in the situation. I can't. So how did, how did the, the women who are amazing women craft beer, how did we get to a place where they're put in this position where this is what's happening? I'm going to speak to just a few things here. I mean, obviously there's, there's a dude bro culture. Um, yeah, the, the boys it. club. It's right. a boys club. Men always drink beer, right? So therefore craft beer is their thing. Women always like you even read some of the stories. They're like, Oh, well, she probably wants something fruity or she wants wine or like, you know, try something else. Like you don't want a double IPA or, or you need whatever. to have a beard to like beer. Get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry. I read <laughs> yeah. one of those like, well, you don't have a beard. How could you like craft beer? It's just right. insanity. Suck my lady like, dick, I mean, I, buddy. Like, I guess I, I guess no one's hung out with me. That guy hasn't hung out with me because I clearly like beer and I don't have a beard. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. And they clearly hasn't hung out with you because you can drink more beer than most people that I know. I get a little so. silly, but I do love beer. <laughs> You do. She puts them on the floor, <laughs> but you know, but so what, so a couple of things like, so when I mean, you get that culture going in and then you get 
a lot of people like you think about the craft beer explosion that craft beer explosion happened about the same time that instagram really started to blow up and instagram i'm talking about this from a marketing perspective psych psychologically now when instagram started to blow up people the reason to blow up is that people took their instagram as their identity look at this amazing plate i'm having right now don't you wish you were me this is the things i do and so as craft beer started to roll along you got a lot of these people saying Hey, I'm drinking this right now. What do you drink? Oh, I got Hetty Topper. How, how are the rest of you in California doing? Um, you started really to get some ownership of these bros who probably, like I'm now I'm down this, this spouting, now they may not have had much going on before. Now they have an identity. Now they have something that's popular, they're part of, they're knowledgeable in. I mean, think about it this way. How much satisfaction did we all get in turning on one of our friends to a beer they hadn't had before oh my gosh. back in 2015 or 16? It's, hey, it's a challenge this, that I love to, to take on. It's the best. Exactly. And we got like some satisfaction out of that. So imagine growing that into an insecure neck beard, living in their basement type. And now they're involved in the craft beer industry. And now that culture starts to like a cancer spread. On the other side of it, you have an industry that's blowing up. And you have CEOs, CEOs who were home brewers at one point who started a brewery who are the CEO because they founded the brewery, but have zero business knowledge or have zero idea of how to run business, manage employees. So, I mean, look at modern times, for instance, is a good example of this, where breweries founded, dude becomes a CEO, they blow up, they're in San Diego. I mean, they're freaking everywhere now, it seems. They're growing. Oakland, right? But this guy has no idea. Yeah, in Oakland, exactly. Like, they're all the way up in Oakland now, for crying out loud. They're, they're I remember when there was oh, yeah. one location behind a porn shop in San Diego. Um, so now they're growing, this guy doesn't have an idea. Like a lot of what I read in his, uh, statements that he released today as he resigned, which is probably a good call is that he, he wasn't keeping track of everything that's going on. He didn't know what's happening with his employees. He wasn't present. He was looking at this, that, or the other, his talents lied elsewhere, which is probably true. Mm -hmm. But I think that you're going to see a lot of that. Also burial beer, um, released a statement today and the CEO of burial beer is a female. Mm -hmm. And she was not present yeah. in a lot of what was and and that enabled a lot of the lower um, staff because remember culture always comes from the top. And if the top isn't present or the top is toxic and I was disheartened to see how many allegations there were against brewery owners that yes. really bummed me out. That really, yeah. really upset me. But culture comes and even from the top. female brewery owners, which was very surprising. Yeah, in burial, fact, uh, tired hands, a lot of uh, a lot of females involved, which was the, shocking. I almost uh, I was looking at a pale ale today for for uh, instead of like before I really got onto the Sierra Nevada that was from a brewery it was up in Paso. I'm not going to give the name. I'm not going to. I'm just going to let it go. She just texted um, to us. Yeah, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you once we stop recording. But I know two people that work there, two females that work there, that say how fucking terrible the husband and wife owner were to them specifically and they have nothing but females working there and the and apparently though the wife oh, is, I think I know is even worse so you know it's so here we are now so this is what has happened it is blown up and you have a couple different factors going into this so where do we go from here we need accountability well and I really like the idea that modern times threw in third party so I've seen a lot I was of breweries just say, gonna you know, say they need third a third party like HR type of group, someone that's not yeah. a buddy yep. of the owner, someone that's not, doesn't drink with the employees after work, someone that has no fucking involvement 
that has no bias. It's like going to a therapist. They don't have bias. They just listen to you and they'll they'll give you advice based on what you're telling them or they'll investigate, you know, that obviously this third party would investigate claims fully and not have a bias opinion. And all they know is what you tell them. Exactly. And they're yeah. running the right procedures and sorry Wiley, I I was just going to say that so that I think that's perfect that you brought that up because a lot of the allegations I read is well, I went to HR but they said this or they didn't do anything because they, you know, they, like, they knew the owner or they've been there for so long or we need this brewer because without the brewer, then we can't get beer brewed. And it's like. Or even worse than the, that, we won't kick out this customer because he's a paying oh, customer. That just makes me think. There's so many of those. That stories even makes that me think of Solvang Brewing and I will throw them out mm. for over yeah, serving their the regular, best. making me feel uncomfortable and having, I mean. I felt uncomfortable. Right. There. And having Nick go in and Nick. And I'm a fairly sizable exactly. guy. I think Nick felt probably the most exactly, and Nick was the one that actually got assaulted, and I mean, and that was that was truly assault, and they want they kicked Nick out of the bar too, and this was a regular yeah. that you know was going to go back another time, and I have not mm -hmm. given them any business since, and fuck them, I'm sorry that they, that that's the same thing, even though I, because I was too uncomfortable to go inside, someone else got the wrath yeah. of assault. Well, and, and see, and on that note though, I mean that's that's one of the so. It all has to be together, right? There has to be structure to this. So it's great to have a third-party HR type person, an advocate for employees. But let's say you're a young woman who had a, a, an issue and you went to that third-party advocate and that person was let go as they should have been. There needs to be structure within the brewery, within, within the, the company itself that then addresses the repercussions of that. Because you'll have other employees, now they're talking about that one. Now the rumors start. Now, like, little passive-aggressive retaliate. Now, so there, it needs to be culture, again, from the top, culture down. I think there's going to be a reckoning of employees having to leave breweries, yeah. to be honest, and get new employees in, in order to cleanse the, the culture of it. Because you cannot have, you can't have accountability if there's going to be retaliation on the accountability. It's just not going to work, and I think that we what's happening right now is is going is massive uh, in terms of change, in terms of a culture change, which is needed to come. Look, this is the 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 secret, the dirty secret of the craft beer industry. Mm -hmm. Every woman that works in this craft beer industry and continues to excel does so under these circumstances that have been here for a long time, and that's an issue. That's a yeah. massive issue. That is a industry issue and that because it's an industry issue has permeated corporate culture for these breweries who have adopted it and sucked it in and, and now they have cancer as well and that needs to be that needs to be addressed yeah you know there there was some i mean just absolutely disgusting stories a couple very similar stories that really stuck in my mind they're they're not the most violent stories they're not probably the worst of stories but i think they represent the majority is stuff like uh, women going in with their, their boyfriend slash husband and saying, I want this beer, and it happens to be a big beer. And the the beer tender, who's a male, not even saying, like, are you sure, you like just yeah. brought them a lighter beer because they were a girl. And while that's by far not the worst thing that happened or that was reported, it, to me, I think that's probably, like, the, the widest spread of the issue of just – like even those little things like you're a girl, you can't handle this 9% or it's like, hey, you know what? That's up to her. Let her tell you if she can handle the 9% or, and 
maybe, maybe she's only there to get absolutely shittered. Who cares? That's not your call. She ordered a 9% beer. You fucking pour that 9% beer. Well, that's a symptom of what the culture is. That's a symptom of the stereotype that is held for women. Look, you tell me that Brittany Brellard of Naughty Pine can't lift a sack of grain and kick your ass at the same time? Come on. There needs to be no... Like, I wouldn't bet against... Like, if Brittany sets her mind to do something, she's going to do it, and she's one of the strongest people I know. Not women. People that I know. And the idea that a women only do this or only do that or only can work like this or, or do they're that thankful is, that is... they wear yoga pants while they brew so they can look at a nice ass. That was one I read, too. And it, it's like, <laughs> it's, like it's I said, so demeaning it's, that, and it's demeaning. And it, it, again, it's that like rape culture mentality like, oh, she's wearing this. So she's asking for it. No, no one is asking for it. Like it, it, it's oh, my gosh, it is so infuriating as a female and. Even having like a beer Instagram account, I did a a social um, experiment where I posted a picture of myself, (laughs) like, you know, hand on my chin, my wedding ring in full range to see how many unfollows I got, because that's how sick it is. It happened. Yeah, that's something we hear from a lot of our friends who who do that is like, heaven forbid their husband or boyfriend's in the picture because me and me and uh, Francesca, Mm -hmm. Sicilian beer kitten. Took a picture at uh, at fourteen cannons, where she where she helps out the with the uh, with the marketing oh, yeah. stuff. She lost a bunch of followers. They're like, who's this guy? I mean, like I got lit up like in her in her DMs about <laughs> how dare this guy? And they were they had all kinds of things to say and, about and me. Th- isn't and, that like disgusting? Or like you know, the reason I have a um, a separate beer Instagram, right? I don't want these people in my personal life. I don't. I think that's privileged information to most of those people out there. But I also wanted to have my niche Instagram where I could meet people from all over and connect and and send beers to people. And, you know, like I fell in love with the beer community and it it is how you meet people. And it's like your second little family. But there are people out there, too, that only follow you because you post the occasional beer in your bikini picture or this and that. And then they message you. And then, you you know, you met like I am first like very, very honest with anyone who like, you know, hits me up in my DMs. I'm very nice. I always bring up I'm married. I'm not looking for love. I'm looking for beer. Like, uh, you know, and people just, men just assume because there's pictures of you and beer and not your husband on your beer Instagram. And then they get annoyed or they'll just be like, oh, well, you know, you post all this stuff and you're all racy, but you don't. No, I don't. I don't really care. Like, I'm not asking for you to call me a sexy bitch or tell me that you want to see me in my underwear or this and that like who are you do you would you talk to your mom like that would you talk to your daughter would you talk to your sister like that i am happily married i just have this alternate instagram so i can meet people in the beer community post stuff i love feel like you know i that's where i fit in with people is really you know in there and and that that's what the community should yes be. and it right. shouldn't be right sexist there. and that exchange racist and of love and passion about yes. beer ideas like that connection it that's brings it. people together yeah. and, and what people need to realize is just because you posted a picture in your bikini does not mean you're soliciting for new boyfriends like i said yeah. i'm not looking for love i'm looking for beer right that should yeah. be my it, new it's summertime tagline. <laughs> yeah that's, that's your new uh, profile <laughs> on instagram I just felt like yeah. it's a heavy topic. It's really important that everybody does their part. I 
clearly doing more dining outside and stuff, not really being inside at bars, I, I, there was no way for me to be aware. I am going to be 100% more around, uh, oh, sorry, aware of my surroundings. And mm -hmm. if I hear a patron being rude to a bartender, fuck that, I will say something. Or they gonna, they'll probably hit a girl because they're probably assholes like that. But I've got, I, I'm always there with a guy that can uh, stick up for me. I know Greg was ready to at the brute nanny when <laughs> the guy stood up when I was wearing my corporate beer suck shirt. And I thought we were going to start a fight. I almost threw oh, down Greg that stood night. up like. I almost beat up an Uber driver when you we were did. drinking. You did. Yeah, it that. was, you know, I, I have good guy. men in my life besides my husband. I have great <laughs> guy friends. I adore you all. Got a lot of people on your back. Like, we got and your I, back, Corey. And I appreciate that. And But, you know, I just think all of us need to be more present. I know we're all socializing, having a fun time with our friend, but I feel like if someone says something, we either need to say something to them or say something to the manager and be like, I heard this. And you can ask the bartender. Because I'm sure, you know, obviously, or whatever, yeah. the beer tender, the waitress, I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be more aware and I'm going to report things because that's what needs to be done at this point. Whether it's patrons, whether it's management to a, an employee, I'm just, I don't know. That's what I'm kind of looking out for. Totally, that's, that's actually a super important point because one of the things I've always said about like when we're doing marketing in a craft beer atmosphere is that the people in craft beer take ownership. And they take ownership because it becomes part of their brand. Like it's something they want to wear. They're not they're They want to like, Hey, look, I'm wearing the latest brewery. Like, you know, whatever, like they, it's part of their thing. And I think it's important that people who are craft beer people in breweries and whatever, take ownership of the environment and the culture. If something bad's going on, say something to the manager, say, say like, speak up. Because as long as it's enabled and as long as there's no accountability and as long as people aren't mindful of it, it's going to continue. And I'm guilty of that as well because, like, I've talked to a few dude bro assholes who I guarantee were just – who probably, like, sexually harassed women and were, like, assholes to them. And my, my move is, like, cool, bro, and I, I just bail. But does that help? It no. does not. Conf and confrontation and, is is rough, but that's what it's gonna. That's yeah, what it's gonna like, take for everybody to be an ally. Whether you confront the person doing it, or you confront someone else, like I said, at at the establishment, or I don't know, or yeah. or or you find corporate or something, and you write you write and make sure you ask if they have an HR department, and you write them. The craft beer community needs to take ownership of it, and by that I mean all of us yeah. need to take ownership and and change the culture it's something i've never really thought about but until now unfortunately it, it, if you see uh, you know female beer tender bartender getting you know the the treatment if you will from uh from a guy maybe you say like hey quit being a dick yeah absolutely shame is a, a powerful powerful thing that yeah. in the internet internet age has has fallen by the wayside mm -hmm. shame used to keep people in line and it, it's Again, the entitlement of having never been shamed. They'll probably make these comments online all the time. And now they do it in person. Hey, we're there to shame them. Like, hey, no. Hey, you're that guy, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree 100%. You know, it's, up to, it's up to us to save. <laughs> it's up to us to oh shame those assholes. Well, Hell yeah, I'm down for that, man. I just want to do a last shout out to all of the brave women and people in the service industry that have mm -hmm. um, sent their stories to Brian and... Um, Godspeed. I hope we can do better. And huge shout out to her for fielding all those and yeah. reposting. Insanity. And it's been like, it seems like it's been thousands that she has been while she's working, 
still getting it out there. And, and so, you know, there's also, and we'll post this, um, just so you know, at home, um, I know we always say go to boozleague.com and whatever, but we also post each draft does have its own page. I'll post a link to the GoFundMe because she has been threatened with legal uh, action. And there is a GoFundMe uh, started by Michaela. Um, I can't remember her Instagram title because I see her on Facebook, so that's what sticks in my head. Um, but we'll post a link to that GoFundMe. Um, Booze League did already contribute $100. Um, I think they're up to, I have it saved here. I'll tell you what, what we're up to now. Last time I checked, it was 16,000. Oh. The last time I saw it, it was 15,500. So. See, right now we're at oh, $23,000. Holy shit. That's incredible. Great job. And yeah. Brienne has been very clear that she, she does not want um, to keep that money. That is, if, if she needs legal action, that'll be there. If not, it goes to survivors, people who have sure. been victimized by yeah. that kind of thing. But we do encourage you um, to go there and donate. Current goal is $25,000. Um, it's been raised. Um, Michaela raised it. But, uh, yeah, we contribute $100. Give what you can. Get in there and, uh, and, and do it. And let's, um, let's keep the good vibes going. Let's, let's make a change for the better in the industry. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Don't get defensive. If you're defensive, that means you did something wrong. I mean, take a look in the mirror, right? Yeah. Well said, guys. Thanks. I'm proud that you guys are my friends. We're allies, man. Allies We're here, dude. and friends. Best, best people in my life are women. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. The Commish. Coley Wyman. Sandro Alevalo. The Booze Cast. All right, so I know we, we just talked about how uh, men can be the bigger person, as it were. God damn it. Son of there it is. Bitch. Either way, um, let's talk about someone who actually was the bigger person. For today, <laughs> uh, May 19th, is Andre the Giant's birthday. Andre the Giant Rosimov. He was born in the French town. He was French which many people thought he was like Yugoslavian or something. He's actually French. Oui, oui. He was born in uh, Colombe, <laughs> somewhere in France. He would have been 75 years old today. That's wow. It? Yeah, 75 years old today. So um, let's see. A couple of quick facts here. By age 12, he was already 240 pounds and six foot three. Same. Oh, my God. <laughs> Only down below, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> 240 pounds at 12 years old. Yeah, he was. That he was insane. He was huge. So let's talk about his boozing. He was actually the the one, and because I haven't found anyone that can stand up to him, the one and the only induction into the Booze League Hall of Fame mm-hmm. is Andre the Giant Rosimov. Let's start off with one of his one of the tales of him drinking that's actually uh, tame. Okay. He once drank 119 cans of beer in under six hours. So for those of you who want to do some beer math here, that's 1,428 ounces of beer, which breaks down to 238 ounces an hour, which is about 20 cans an hour. Oh, my God. I think Scott did the same thing once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tequiza. 
<laughs> Bud Light Lime. <laughs> Something terrible. Zima. Uh, Zima. Oh. But basically, that's like a uh, that's a beer every three minutes. But that being said, like if you actually see a picture of the beer in his hand, it doesn't actually go from one side to the other of his hand. Like it looks like a shot glass mm-hmm. uh, in his gargantuan hand. Let's step that up a little bit. He once had 127 pints of beer in one night. This was at the Omni William Penn in Pittsburgh, which I think, uh, Cole, aren't you from Pittsburgh? Philadelphia. You're from Philly? You're still Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh's, right? Pittsburgh's yeah. our rival. I'm from California, dude. Anything past Vegas in Colorado is just the East Coast. So mm-hmm. I don't know where anything no is. But 127 pints of beer in one night. He passed out in the lobby of the Omni William Penn. It was the night shift. They did not have enough people to move him once he passed out. Oh, Lord. They tried. So what they ended up doing is covering him with a piano uh, cover, like from the lobby, and then surrounded him with like the velvet rope type thing. Like, you know, you, you, when you wait in line to go check in, right. surrounded him, and they're like, all right, I'll wait till he wakes up, I guess, then. Because he's a big dude. <laughs> um, his all-time record is 156 pints. In one sitting. This is actually told by the legendary wrestler Mike Graham on an episode of Legends of Wrestling. Dusty Rhodes later actually corroborated his claim and said, yeah, that happened. I was there. Question. So again, let's... What's that? Did he die, he, did he die of liver failure? No, no. He actually no. died of, of giantism, honestly. Okay. Like, he kept growing. Right. Um, like, you look at... Um, was it Big Show? Which I think Big Show... Wasn't Big Show his kid? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ben, sorry, uh, as as the resident uh, wrestling expert here, yeah. uh, Big Show, uh, he Big Show kind had of, giantism though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still around. I mean, he's not wrestling. He finally retired. But um, Big Show, they kind of tried to play it off back in the WCW days in the mid nineties. Oh, okay, that's they where were I calling got him it. like the Giant. You know, they were kind of yeah. trying to to pass it off, and we're hoping people would think he was Andre's son, but he's very much not. Yeah, Andre's that's son. stuck in my head. But I do know that. Um, the Big Show actually um, took uh, medication for giantism and mm. that actually um, controlled it. Andre the Giant did not. And I don't know if you guys have seen the Netflix uh, documentary about the giant. Not it's yet. fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's actually super, super good. You really get an, an idea of what he went through. I mean, the reason he drank so much, honestly, is that he was in a lot of pain a lot. Yeah, he was in a lot of pain and he didn't feel the, the alcohol. It took a lot. That's... So crazy. He refused to take uh, medication to keep himself from growing. He's like, if this is what God made me, and this is what it is, and this is what mm-hmm. it is. And uh, the big show, obviously, has taken, and he's like living a life. And he's obviously huge. He's the big show. I just looked him up. He's 49, so he made it to 49. He died at 49, or no, big, show? Big, 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 big show? The big show is, is for, currently 49 years old. So his record was 156 pints in one sitting. Now, if we want to go back to playing beer math again, I mean, one pint, obviously, we know. Everyone knows 16 ounces. 156 pints means that's almost 2,500 ounces of beer. Oh, that's all. Which is about 20 gallons of beer. And to really put it in perspective, that's four of those sixel little five uh, five gallon kegs. Pony kegs, yeah. Little pony, yeah. Those little things. 40 growlers. Four of those all by himself, (laughs) (laughs) which is just a crazy thing to think about. Um, he, he estimated he had about 7,000 calories of booze every day. He also Me drank in <laughs> Yeah, you do. <laughs> Greg the Giant Jones. Just in the feet department. Right. 
uh, on a flight to Tokyo, he was there with Rick, Rick Flair uh, flying there to go do some wrestling Woo! stuff. Woo! He drank every single bottle of vodka on the plane. And they ran out because he drank it all. Hero. Uh, he was known for drinking about six bottles of wine as his warm-up before wrestling mm-hmm. matches. Oh. He, his favorite drink was the American. It's a 40-ounce concoction. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Carrie Elwes uh, actually had a taste of it when they were filming Princess Bride. He says, I've never tasted airplane fuel, but I imagine <laughs> it's very close to that. What, what that must taste like. It's very potent. I remember coughing a lot, but to him, it was like chugging water. He ran up a $40,000 bar tab drinking that drink. And then, speaking of 40, he once uh, responded to a last call with an order for 40 drinks, mm-hmm. probably all for him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, rest in peace, Andre the Giant. You would have been 75 today. Uh, the greatest boozer of all time. Clearly. His favorite drink was, uh, I actually tried to get and get to you guys. His favorite beer was uh, Molson Canadian. <laughs> I looked, I, I tried to bring it in from Florida. They have some on the East Coast. No distributor out here will carry it. So Is that because it's garbage? I, you know, not having had yes. it, couldn't tell you. Maybe it's just really easy to drink. That's why I can drink like 156 of them in one sitting. I don't know. Seems like it would be Budweiser-y. Yeah, it, it's like only five percent, but yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, exactly. So, well, R.I.P. Andre. That guy was uh, that guy was nuts. Yeah, big time boozer. I mean, it's uh, he was kind of dealt a, a hard hand, uh, just with his condition and stuff, but always remained a good dude. Um, but again, if you guys uh, out there haven't watched the documentary, I think it's just called The Giant. Uh, watch it. I guess, one of his favorite things was when he was wrestling to get people down and fart on them because uh, <laughs> yes. they couldn't get up. <laughs> he just thought it was hilarious. Sounds uh, terrible. And, but, and for those of you who know like a little bit about wrestling, it's Andre the Giant who made Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I agree with that. If Hulk was not able to body slam him, Hulk would not be who he was. Yeah, I'm stunned you haven't seen that yet, Greg, to be honest with you, because Hulk Hogan has a lot of airtime in that as well where he talks about their relationship and their friendship and, and the stuff they did. And it's fascinating. It is oh, a yeah, fascinating I, um, documentary. Movie night. <laughs> I know I need to kick the yeah. wife out of the house so I can watch it. <laughs> she can come over and watch Dario with me. Perfect. Perfect. Or sideways. It, sideways. Yeah. Either way. I'm I, yeah. Maybe Nick can come over. He'll fall asleep on my hey, couch. We'll watch Andre. I'll the come over and I'll stay awake and watch it. And we'll let Nick do his thing. We'll we'll take a picture in honor of Coley and, and draw a dick. Buy them. Yeah, you gotta you draw know, cat ears that's... and whiskers too. Don't forget yeah. the cat ears and whiskers. That's yeah, important. It's important. Mm-hmm. So, all right, everybody, that is uh, we have finally reached the end of draft eighty six. Huge shout out to Greg the Tug Jones stepping Thank in you. here Thank you. with Thank some you. Thanks thoughts. For uh, you can find him actually. No, give all your socials and all your information so people can go follow you and uh, get in on your podcast. Uh, yeah, the unfiltered gentleman across the board on the socials, unfilteredgentleman.com. Find us and. Uh, I'm sorry that I had to, to join in on such a, a serious episode, but I, th- I think it was necessary. It wasn't, you know, and your input was important. So we're, we're glad to have you here. And um, you can also follow Coley at ice underscore Cole underscore beer underscore. All right. Uh, Correct Mundo. Good job. At Wiley Withers. Uh, Booze League at Booze League on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Also Facebook.com forward slash Booze League. Follow us on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, whatever Google calls their stuff, and uh, I don't know, whatever other podcast 
What other podcast uh, listening platforms, platforms are there? I don't, I don't know. Whatever you're listening to us on, go follow us. <laughs> yeah, that thing. You can also text us at 805-892-6116. We'll be back on Draft 87. We'll see if uh, Sancho comes back. Uh, the Sancho Rito. And uh, until then, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. It's got to be against the law to look this damn good. Because, baby, I feel real good, and I wish I would. It's got to be against the law to look this damn good, baby. Everybody watch out.